This podcast was produced by Big Night Media, a proud partner of Big Night Entertainment. Hey, you know what? It's really fun to be here. Y'all know that theme music. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? How are we doing, how are we doing? And welcome to episode 124, episode 124 of the Banner Banter Podcast. I'm your host and favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder, Timmy G. How's everyone doing? Hope everyone had a great weekend. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Hope you gals had a great weekend. You can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. And as you know, I'm part of the Big Night Media team with some fantastic podcasts like Boston Uncommon with Joe Maz, The Marky P Show, Those Girls You Know, Drinks After Work, Eat the Damn Cake, I'm the promoter, he's the DJ, Burnt Toast, Let's Be Clear with Kayla, It's Always Something with JD, some more great podcasts on the way, so keep an eye out there. Make sure you follow Big Night Media on all their social medias, at Big Night Media. And as as you know, we've talked about it before, Manscaped. The podcast is sponsored by Manscaped. Flowers are blooming, the grass is growing, and it's time to chop the weeds. Thanks to our sponsor, Manscaped, you can trim your holes safely and efficiently. I'm talking about ball trimmers. Manscaped, the global leader in men's below-the-waist grooming, have an exclusive offer for the Banner Banter podcast audience. Use the code BIGNIGHT to get 20% off free shipping at manscaped.com. Join the other 2 million men who have trusted Manscaped. They are here to make sure you are trimmed and smelling nice after all, it's time for some spring cleaning. And to be honest with you, if anyone needs to grow some hair on their balls this week, it's the Boston Celtics. And then when the season's over, they can use the lawnmower for 4.0. Yep, not even kidding you. That is a dead serious statement. The Celtics need to grow some balls and maybe even some hair on their balls, and then they can trim it at the end of the year. Because this is what happened this past week is completely and utterly ridiculous, and I am fucking sick of it. I'm fired up, folks. I'm recording this after the Miami Heat game. A fun game, but at the same time, an absolutely insufferable game at the same time. I mean, just this entire week, like the the Orlando Magic game, they won 132-96. to 96. You're like, oh my God, Kemba drops like 30-some-odd points. Tatum looked good. Fournier looked good. You know, who, Time Lord came back. You know, you're like, oh, here we go. Nope. And then they lose to the Bulls, 121-99. And then they lose to the Heat today, 130-124. to Pretty funny. The Celtics scored 124 points against the Heat, and it's episode 124. Now, obviously, it hasn't been a great week for the Celtics. I mean, they went 1-2 and two this week. They should have went 2-1 and one at the absolute worst. They should have beat the Bulls. They should have beat the Magic. I, I'm sorry. They should have beat the Bulls. They beat the Magic. They should have gone 2-1, and one, possibly 3-0, and oh, and they went 1-2. and two. Absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely embarrassing. Jalen Brown still hasn't played yet since him and Jason Tatum collided last Sunday against the Portland Trailblazers. He still has a, an ankle issue. Hopefully that comes back. And then Robert Williams has turf toe. Turf toe. He plays on hardwood floors. How the fuck 
do you have turf toe? Do you know who had turf toe this year? Patrick Mahomes for the Kansas City Chiefs. And guess what? He plays on turf. He plays on grass every single day. Like, football players get turf toe. Baseball players get turf toe. I even think golfers can get turf toe. How in God's name do do basketball players get something called turf toe? If the Celtics came out and said he got parquet toe, I'd be like, oh, he probably just jammed his big toe. He's got big feet. That sucks. We all move on. But how in God's name? Like, this, this entire season has been so fucked. It really has. I don't get it. I mean, here, here's the thing. He didn't play against the Bulls. Brad Stevens says he might be out a week. He has to go see a specialist because of the amount of pain that he's in. And he tried to play in the first half today against the Miami Heat. I respect the utter living daylights out of the Time Lord more than I do now. But if Robert Williams is not part of this basketball team for these next four games or the play-in game, if necessary, or the first round of the playoffs, this team's not going to go very far. Robert Williams is a very important part to this team, and it's just not defensively. He's very good offensively. He's a hell of a passer. The offense moves better when he's on the floor. So yes, I understand Jalen Brown's out, and yes, I understand Jason Tatum stunk again against the Bulls. And you can list so many excuses, Brad Stevens, all this stuff, but none of that matters anymore. (sighs) So there's four games left. That's it. How is this all going to play out? Who knows? But I'm telling you this right now, there's no stud and dud of the week this week. The Celtics blew their chances this week multiple times to move up in the standings, and now there's four games left, and they better pull something out of their ass. So with that being said, let's run our brand new segment. Banner Banter Podcast, Eastern Conference Standings Watch. (sighs) Okay, so here we go. Eastern Conference Standings Breakdown. This is going to be the main portion of the podcast right here. The whole breakdown, I hope, hopefully it's not confusing and hopefully I make it clear and you can comprehend it and tell all your friends, your coworkers, and talk about it with your other Celtics fans, so on and so forth. Get what I'm saying? Great. Since what the Celtics have done this past week, losing to the Bulls and the Heat, we, are, we now have to add the Charlotte Hornets into the mix. You, for the last few weeks, we've done the Knicks, the Hawks, the Heat, and the Celtics, but not this time. We have to add the Charlotte Hornets to the mix and it absolutely blows that we have to do that for sure. First off, let's talk about the tiebreakers. The tiebreakers in the NBA, the first thing that the teams look at is head-to-head matchups. And what I mean by that is the records that each team have playing against each other. So, for example, the Heat and the Celtics are playing three times this year. So whichever team wins either two games or all three games wins the tiebreaker. In December, the Celtics beat the Heat. I think it was December. Either way, earlier in the year, the Celtics beat the Heat, and the Heat beat the Celtics on Sunday, or today, or Monday, whatever the fucking day it is. I'm all I'm all out of sorts. But whoever wins this game on Tuesday night is going to win the tiebreaker. So if the Heat and the Celtics end the season with the same record, if the Celtics win on Tuesday, they own the tiebreaker, and they will get the better seed in the playoffs. It could be the difference between playing in the playing game and not. So let's break this all down. The New York Knicks own the tiebreaker over the Atlanta Hawks. The Atlanta Hawks own the tiebreaker over the Heat and the Celtics. The Heat own the tiebreaker over the Knicks. So again, I'll repeat that again. The Knicks have the tiebreaker over the Hawks. The Hawks have the tiebreaker over the Heat and the Celtics. And the Heat own the tiebreaker over the Knicks. The Celtics have two tiebreakers on the line this week. The first one I just mentioned against the Miami Heat, 7 p.m. at TD Garden. I'm sorry, 7.30 p.m. at TD Garden. Whoever wins that owns that tiebreaker. 
And then on Sunday at Madison Square Garden, the time is TBD. I think it's going to be another Sunday afternoon game, of course, because the Celtics, I don't think, have won a Sunday matinee game all year, of course, but whatever. If the Celtics win that game, they also own the tiebreaker over the Knicks because earlier this year, the Knicks blew out the Celtics in Kemba's first game back in January by like 30, and then the Celtics returned the favor. I think it was in March or April, whatever the case may be, but it's 1-1. So again, two very, very important games for the Celtics this week, not only for the standings, but also for tiebreakers. So if literally the Knicks, the Hawks, I'm sorry, the Knicks, the Celtics, and the Heat all end up with the same record, and the Celtics beat the Heat this week and beat the Knicks this week, the Celtics will have a better seed than, guess who, the Knicks and the Heat. Does that make sense? Great. Now, adding the Charlotte Hornets into the mix, this is very important. The Celtics do own the tiebreaker over the Hornets. If the season were to end today, the Boston Celtics would have home court advantage in the first play-in game against the Charlotte Hornets. So, as you can see, it is very important. The Charlotte Hornets own the tiebreaker over the Hawks and the Heat. Very impressive. But the Knicks and the Hornets play on Saturday. I think it's going to be Saturday night. Whoever wins that owns the tiebreaker. So the Hornets could own the tiebreaker over the Hawks, the Heat, and the Knicks and still and literally move up the standings. Like it's it's crazy how this could all play out. So let's break down the schedule for each team on what they have because all of this is important. You're probably like, who gives a shit about the Knicks? And who gives a shit about the Hawks and the Hornets and the Heat? I get it. Who gives a shit about teams where their first letter is H? I get it. But it's important for the Celtics because if the Celtics don't have to play in the playing game, that's four or five days rest for Tatum, needed. Four or five days rest for Kemba, needed. Four or five days rest for Jalen Brown, guess what? Needed. Time Lord, turf toe, parquet floor, whatever the fuck it is, either way, his jam toe, guess what? That will be needed too. So this play-in stuff is so important that the Celtics don't have to be involved in it. And there's an opportunity where technically they may not have to be. So the Knicks, who are currently the four seed, they are one game up on the Atlanta Hawks and the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat and the Atlanta Hawks are tied for fifth right now, but because the Hawks own the tiebreaker over the Heat, the Hawks are the fifth seed and the Heat are the sixth seed. The Celtics are three games behind the Knicks and two games back of the Hawks and the Heat. And as of right now, when I'm recording this podcast, the Hornets have not played yet, but the Celtics are one and a half games up on the Hornets. If the Hornets win, it will be one game up. If the Hornets lose, then it will be two games up. Make sense? Great. So the Knicks are playing the Lakers and the Spurs in LA and in San Antonio, and then they come home and play the Hornets and the Celtics. Both the Hornet and the Celtics games for the uh, Knicks. Sorry, my brain just went. You're killing me, Smalls. Uh, So I apologize for the pause there. But the Hornets and the Celtics game for the Knicks are back-to-back games. So that's important. So keep an eye out on that. The Hawks have the Wizards twice, the Magic, and the Rockets. The shitty part about that for Celtics fans is the Wizards just announced that Bradley Beal has a hamstring strain and will miss some time this week. The Hawks are obviously going to beat the Magic. They suck. They obviously are going to beat the Rockets. They suck. And if the Wizards don't have Bradley Beal, they're probably going to go 4-0 and this entire week. And that will lock them into at least the fourth or the fifth seed. The Heat have the Celtics, the Bucks, 
the 76ers, and the Pistons. So obviously they'll beat the Pistons. The Pistons aren't going to care. They suck. The 76ers still have to play for the number one seed, and the Bucks still have to play for either the two or the three seed versus the Nets. So the Heat have a brutal week. So if the Celtics can beat the Heat, the Bucks can beat the Heat, the 76ers beat the Heat, and the Pistons go one in, and, and they beat the Pistons, that means they're going to go one and three. And if the Celtics can go three and one, that's two games better. And right now they're two games behind. And because of that, if the Celtics win on Tuesday night, they own the tiebreaker, which means they will finish ahead of the Heat. So again, this is a very important week, not only for the Celtics, but for how other teams are going to be playing against other teams in the conference. It's crazy. So the Heat, I'm sorry, so the Celtics have the Heat on Tuesday at the Garden at 7.30 p.m. Then the next night, back-to-back, in Cleveland at 8 p.m. So that means no Kemba Walker. Then Saturday night, they have to travel to Minnesota versus the Timberwolves with a TBD time. And then the next day, travel to Madison Square Garden. So going from Minnesota to New York is no joke. So that means, yes, the Celtics have two back-to-backs left, three road games, and because of the back-to-backs, Kemba will not play in two of them. Kemba most likely won't play against the Cavs. He shouldn't be needed against the Cavs, but who the fuck knows with this team? And then he shouldn't play against the Timberwolves. But again, he shouldn't be playing. <laughs> you know, the Celtics shouldn't need him to play against the Timberwolves. So you will see Kemba in the Heat game, and we'll see Kemba in the Knicks game. The Hornets have the Nuggets, the Clippers, the Knicks, and the Wizards. So I'm not too worried about the Hornets. The Hornets aren't going to beat the Clippers. The Hornets aren't going to beat uh, the Nuggets. Yeah, they're not going to be the Nuggets or the Clippers. I mean, maybe they will. And then the Knicks game's iffy. So my prediction as a Boston Celtics fan is the Hawks finish 4th, the Knicks finish 5th, the Celtics finish 6th, the Heat finish 7th, but my realistic, hey, look yourself in the mirror prediction, Hawks 4th, Knicks 5th, Heat 6th, and the Celtics 7th, and they're going to have to play in the playing game against the Charlotte Hornets, who, who will be the 8th seed. So... A quick recap, okay? The Celtics are two games out of not playing in the play-in. You want the Celtics to be the sixth seed or better. But none of that is possible unless they beat the Miami Heat on Tuesday night. I'm not even going to preview the games this week, and we'll talk about that in a second. But you beat the Miami Heat Tuesday night, you beat the Cavs, and then you beat the Timberwolves, and even if you lose to the Knicks, you have a shot. You really and truly have a shot of not playing in the play-in in the Heat. I mean, the Heat have to play the, the Celtics, the Bucks, and the 76ers in a matter of like five days. That's not easy, especially when the Bucks and the 76ers are trying. I mean, the 76ers are trying to get the number one seed to get home court for the excuse me for the entire playoffs, and they're, they are a very good home team. And the Bucks are trying to be the number two seed. Like, it... So they're not going to take any nights off. It's going to be crazy. And it's going to be nuts. But none of it matters if the Celtics lose tomorrow night at 7.30 p.m. at TD Garden. Tuesday night, 7.30, TD Garden, on TNT. If the Celtics lose, everything that I just talked about for the last, like, eight minutes that probably is making you drink or take 22 Advil because your head hurts could be pointless if they lose Tuesday night. You blew it! So, what are the Celtics going to do this week? 
That's probably the next question you're asking yourself. What do they need to do? I can give you 7 million different things that the Celtics have to do, but it, 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 it just doesn't matter. If they finish anything worse than three and one this week, it won't cut it. Three and one should be okay. Two and two would be horrific, like rioting on the street, horrific. Four and zero would be more than ideal. Like grab somebody sexy, tell them, "Hey, more than ideal." You know, and I can say this team has refused to play forty-eight minutes, a full forty-eight minutes all year. I could say that Brad Stevens' the last two games has made some piss poor decisions. With his rotations, like he brought in Carson Edwards in the third quarter in this game. He didn't play Aaron Neesmith in, that much in the second half of the Bulls game. Aaron Neesmith has been fantastic. And, you know, I also know it's just more than those two games. It's always been something that, you know, I think Brad has tried too hard on. I could say that the bench hasn't been that great this year at all, especially number 12, Shemi, you know, Romeo Langford. Like, where? Remember when people were obsessed with him? Yeah. I mean, Aaron Neesmith, the last two weeks, phenomenal. Really happy for him. Peyton Pritchard, okay, fine. But overall, the bench hasn't been great. But none of that matters right now. They got four games to not play in the play-in tournament. There isn't a team in the league that doesn't need the play-in tournament more than the Celtics. I'm sure there are other arguments. I just don't want to hear them. The coaching hasn't been great this year. The COVID stuff hasn't been great this year. The building of the roster going into this season hasn't been great. The injuries haven't been great. The players really haven't been that great this year, if you think about it. I mean, yes, Jason Tatum's been great. Yes, Jalen Brown's been great. Yes, Peyton Pritchard's been great. Yes, the Time Lord's improved a great deal. And I really don't count Evan Fournier because he hasn't played enough. But the last few games, he's been terrific, scoring 17 or more points in his last four games, shooting the three ball well. I think he was 7-11 against the Heat. But there have been some times where Jalen Brown just hasn't shown up. There's been some times where Jason Tatum hasn't shown up. And they just, you know... But here's the thing. Here's one thing that I will say that they have to do that they really have to focus on this week is the three-point ball. And I hate that I'm saying that because I hate how that the games change to three-point shooting. I mean, don't get me wrong. Some of it's absolutely bananas. I mean, Steph Curry pulling up at half court and making it look easy. It's annoying. Like, it's really cool to watch. But, you know, when you're the other team, you're like, screw this guy. This is annoying. But the four games before the Bulls game this past Friday night, the Celtics were averaging 46% from three, and they went three and one. In the last two games versus the Bulls and the Heat, they shot 32% from three, and they went 0-2. This team legitimately lives and dies by the three. It sucks, but it is what it is. So if this team can start shooting the three ball better, get out of their little slump that they are, things will be good. I mean, Jalen Brown is going to return this week. Hopefully, holy mother of God, he better return for that heat game on Tuesday night. But if he doesn't, I get it. They're being cautious. You know, maybe they realize, hey, this season's a wash. And, you know, we want Jalen healthy for the future, trying to force not, you know, to not play in the play-in. I get that. But Jalen's going to have to make an impact right away whenever he does come back. There's going to be some rust for a quarter or two to see how his ankle's feeling. I get that. But after that, it's go time. At times, you could argue that Jalen Brown has been better than Jason Tatum this year. And we really need those two to show this week, if both of them are playing, why the future is bright for the Celtics, why they were both all-stars. I'm not trying to put all the pressure on these two because I think they've done a fantastic job. You you know, it's it's been a little weird leadership-wise because I, I think the organization is obsessed with Marcus Smart. I don't agree with it. And I, I think a lot of people think him diving on the floor but then having five turnovers is okay and I don't agree with that in any way shape or form and I'll talk about Marcus Martin in a couple minutes but it is time for Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown 
as young kids learning how to lead a basketball team. This week, he got four games to just nut up and shut up and get this team into the sixth seed, and you go balls to the wall. You can even use your lawnmower 4.0. Go to manscaped.com. Use the code Big Night for 20% off. You can go absolutely balls to the wall. Get some rest and then show this team why the hype to start the season was real. You know, and, and before I touch on Marcus Smart, I just have like a final thought about Jason Tatum. I love Jason Tatum. He's terrific. I'd take a bullet for him. I would. I loved him at Duke. We all know I'm a Duke fan. I love him with the Celtics. I love the dad that he is with Deuce. I love the relationship that he has with his mother. Some of his tattoos are a little bit questionable because I, just the location of them are weird. Like, whatever. I'd take a bullet for him. But he has a lot of money on the line this week. He really and truly does. He signed a five-year, $163 million extension. But if he makes the all-NBA team this year, it goes to $197. $197. Whoa, big money. $197 million. So for those of you at home, that's about like a 32, 33, maybe even $34 million difference after all the percentages work out. That's ridiculous. And Jason Tatum right now, if you ask me, I don't know if he's all NBA. I think he is. I don't know if the media thinks that, if I'm going to be completely honest with you. And that's a little scary for me. And I, and I think it should be scary for, for you too. So think of it this way. The 2019-2020 all-NBA first team was Luka, Harden, LeBron James, AD, and Giannis. That's not going to be the same this year, but all five of those guys are either going to make the first, second, or third team. The second team all-NBA, Chris Paul, Damian Lillard, Kawhi Leonard, Pascal Siakam, and Jokic. Now, Four out of those five guys are going to make it. Dame's going to make it. Chris Paul's going to make it. Kawhi's going to make it. Jokic is going to make it. Siakam's not. Then you have Ben Simmons, Russell Westbrook, Jimmy Butler, Jason Tatum, and Rudy Gobert. Now, here's the thing. Where do you put Bradley Beal? Where do you put Kyrie? Like, where do you put Joel Embiid? So it it's going to be, where do you put Donovan Mitchell? It's going to be really tough for Jason Tatum. Where do you put Paul George? I mean, we can go on and on with this. Where do you put Julius Randle, who's carried this Knicks team? The list goes on and on. And the way the NBA all, you know, the all NBA team works is they pick a center and then they pick two forwards and two guards. So Jason Tatum has to be the sixth best, one of the six best forwards in the NBA. You know, they're going to give it to LeBron. You know, they're going to give it to Kawhi. Jimmy Butler's got a shot at it. Like, Giannis is going to get it like it it's not going to be easy for him but I understand dropping 60 points and you know all of his assists have gone up his rebounds have gone up his points have gone up why not but when you shoot six of 32 versus the Bulls in two games he shot three of 17 two weeks ago and then the other day he shot I think three of 13 or no three of 15 that's not going to make you all NBA so if you want all NBA and you want these 32, 33, 34 million dollars for your son, for your family, for yourself, 
you got a pretty good damn excuse to be motivated. And if he doesn't like Brad Stevens and Brad Stevens doesn't get him motivated, then do it for yourself, Jason. Be selfish. The kid wants to be a leader. The kid wants to be the man. The kid has to take over and make sure that this team can be 3-1 or 4-0 this week. Seriously. This is a perfect opportunity for him to prove to everyone, yes, I'm one of the top 10 scorers in the league, but I am also a top 10 player overall in the league. This is a perfect opportunity for Jason Tatum to shut up the league, become a leader, take the next step as a top 10 player, hopefully a top 10 player, and make a shitload of money. It's a big and important week for Jason Tatum as well as Jalen Brown, but more Jason Tatum. And then finally, Marcus Smart, folks. <sighs> Listen, Marcus Smart has given this team everything, and I respect that, and I appreciate that. But today I saw Marcus Smart drive to the lane and jump in the air and do a 360. I don't know if it was to take a shot, to fool the defense, or to pass the ball. But it literally looked like Kenny Wu from D2 Mighty Ducks figure skating out there, like trying to distract Iceland. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. I mean, he has to stop forcing these dumb, stupid, idiotic, immature passes. He's been in the league five, six, seven years, however long. He's a veteran on this basketball team, and he makes rookie mistakes. And maybe his calf thing is is still bothering him, and that's fine. That's legit, and I get that. But Marcus Smart needs to get out of his head and stop making these dumb mental mistakes. He's not, excuse me, he is not the man on offense. Even if Marcus Smart would shoot seven threes in a row and made all seven of them, the next trip down the floor, I would want him to be one of the last guys on the court to shoot the basketball. He's not the man. Just this week, we need Marcus Smart to go balls to the wall defensively, facilitate, make Jalen and Jason better, make the team better, and then if you are wide open, like arms wide open like it's a Creed song, like so wide open, like I'm talking the only person in the arena wide open, shoot the basketball. Now, Marcus did shoot the ball pretty well today for the most part. It was nice to see after the last couple weeks. I'll give him that. Fine, touche. But he's got to play with more maturity, and he's got to play smarter. And I hate that I just said Marcus Smart has to play smarter, but it's true. Folks, episode 125 will be out on Monday to recap the final week of the season. And I'm going to be honest with you. I don't want to preview the play-in games if the Celtics are involved. I don't. I would rather preview the upcoming playoff series that the Celtics are in. Either way, playing or no playing, I will be doing an episode the morning after every playing game or every playoff game going forward. So subscribe, like, comment, stay tuned on all forms of social media, Twitter, Banner Banter 18, Facebook and Instagram, Banner Banter Podcast. I'm going to do my best to make sure you guys get some of the best Celtics coverage around from just a generic basic season ticket holder like me i'm not going to give you the stuff that the athletic gets just something generic something you can have fun with and that's that (sighs) this felt good 
and you need a good venting session. So thanks for listening this week for episode 124 of the Banner Branch Podcast. I am your host and favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder, Timmy G. Uh, we'll talk to you guys on Monday. <laughs> oh, man, I'm just so nervous about this week. It sucks. But anyways, thanks so much for listening. We'll talk soon. Toodles and noodles. X's and O's. Bye-bye. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night.